Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Comet Central. I'm Kevin Sidik Lim, the host of Comet Central, and I'd like to welcome you to season 3 of Comet Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Comet Central, and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we plan for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to season 3 of Comet Central. Welcome back to Combat Central. So Alhamdulillah, right now we are in the second uh, guest speaker of our new series called Am I Ready? and Breaking the News. So if you guys don't know what this series is about, essentially we are trying to um, capture the moments of time in different uh, combat stories where combats realized okay, they are ready to embrace Islam and also moments of time where they wanted to break the news to their family members or their friends. So because you realize that these two are kind of big moments in a comet's life, you know, uh, these are the moments of time where their lives will change completely, you know, with regards to their social circle and also some of the things that will happen in their lives. So with us today, we have Brother Darren Mark. And alhamdulillah, you know, I, I met Brother Darren last um, in 2019 in October in, in a comet sharing where we both shared our comet stories. And, and uh, mashallah, it was so refreshing to listen to this story. And I've been actually wanting to hear it again since. Right, so today, um, we have the opportunity to hear a little bit about his common story, uh, and and without further ado, I'll pass my time to him to just give a background of you know what was his original belief, and you know um at what age did he take his shahada and, and things like this. So Bismillah, brother Darren. Hello, uh, hello everybody. Um, thanks, thanks for having me on the show. So yeah, I'm 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 very happy to be here as well to be able to share this story of mine. Um, it's a bit of a long story. Uh, as you've heard before, but I think uh, for the benefit of our listeners, um, I, my own background, I guess, wasn't really religious. Say. In fact, you could say that I was like the opposite of religious. I was staunchly uh, atheistic. In fact, recently, I, I just met up with an old friend of mine. He's Christian, yeah. uh, but we were from the same secondary school and we were really good friends. And I was a bit of a troublemaker back then because when we were like sec two, I think um, he, he tried bringing me to his church. So remember, he's like a staunch Christian and I'm like this staunch militant atheist. Yeah. And then like uh, he brought me to church and I would, I gave him a lot of trouble. Like, let's just put it that way. Right? Like for him and his church members, uh, asking a lot of very weird questions that people didn't really have answers to. So like my background was coming a bit from there. You know, like, I wasn't religious and I was not afraid to show it. Uh, but the thing is also that a few years later, um, I developed depression, very, very, very severe depression. Uh, it, it, I mean, I've had a few suicide attempts, like, basically, it was really that bad. And I was subsequently also exempted from NS. But the thing is that, um, you know, when you're, when you're that down, uh, I guess it also opens up your heart to, to some things. Yeah. So for me personally, things really took a turn because of Islam. So like, I mean, to this day, I actually consider that Islam was really a major point, turning point in my life. And it, I can almost say that it saved me. Because mm-hmm. I was really going down a path of self-destruction. Uh, so this depression, I don't know what caused it also. It's been so many years. But I started becoming open to the concept of spirituality first. So it wasn't like I straight away jumped into religion per se, like organized religion per se. It was just being open to... Because remember, I was like atheist, right? So like open to the idea of like greater meaning, life, uh, not just, you know, you die and that's it, you know? Um, So from there, my personality also slowly started changing. People could tell, you know, because I I used to be quite um, abrasive and and dark also as a person, right? Um, But I I started becoming like 
nicer, you could say, kinder. Um, and people could tell that there was a shift. And then it culminated in a dream I had. Um, at that time, of course, because I, I had no Muslim background whatsoever, um, I have I had like a few Malay slash Muslim friends, of course, but it's not like you. It's I mean, it's not like you talk about your religion to people outside of your religion very often, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I did not know that I had a dream of the Kaaba actually. So it was it was, I had this dream, and then I just felt that it was a bit strange, and I, I've I had seen pictures of the Kaaba before. Yeah. And I knew that it was, I guess, something significant to the Muslims, but I didn't know. So I, I asked one of my friends and then she got really freaked out. She was like, oh my God, you had a dream of the Kaaba? Uh, and then she explained to me what that was. Yeah. And of course, at that point in time, I had no idea. I mean, I couldn't relate because I wasn't from that faith. But it did spark something. So it made me like read up a bit more. I still remember because this was like when I was in JC. And then like I started reading up a bit more. But of course, at that point, um, I didn't go for classes per se. I just went online, which looking back might have been a bit of a risky move <laughs> if you're thinking <laughs> about the kind of stuff that's available online. Yeah. But um, thankfully, Alhamdulillah, I did not find the nonsense stuff. I, I, I made sure like, to look at um, credible sources and things that you know also intuitively just made sense. Yeah. So um, it was through that first round of like self-studying and whatever that I started to learn more uh, and really came to realize that Islam is quite systematic, like it's quite methodological. You know, like um, if it, I'm sure that many converts uh, would have also gone through this little phase, I don't know, of trying to read up, like, oh, what are the, the hadiths and, uh, and all this? And then realizing, oh, there's like a whole system to it, there's a whole uh, method of collecting and authenticating it. And uh, even when it came to like laws, like legal laws, um, it's quite systematic, you know, there's reasoning behind it. So I guess that appealed to me. That was one thing that appealed to me. Uh, the other thing actually that appealed to me the most was the fact that Allah, in like the Islamic sense of God, is, is uh, abstract. There is no face to God. Like that to me actually was the biggest draw because, I mean, like I said, right, when I was younger, I was brought to church and I asked all kinds of um, funny questions. I was asking things like, you know, how can, you, how can God be uh, all, all the green father and at the same time, you know, causing all these terrible things to happen on earth to people, to good people. And then when I realized, I mean, of course, I'm not saying this to talk down any other religion's conception of God. I'm just saying my, my own um, faith and my own story, right? Like to me, an abstract understanding of God basically allows for much more room, I guess. Like, because I, I just know that I can never make sense of God fully, you know? And that to me is ironically the biggest, uh, what's it called, comfort. Yeah. The comfort in knowing that I can never know because God is always greater. Yeah. So like that to me was a very profound shift in terms of how I viewed the whole concept of God. I mean, I know that it's, it may be a bit philosophical or whatever, but it, it really was... Um, something that I needed because I just could not, um, I could not imagine a God that could be quantified and concretized into anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the whole idea to me was something that is greater than the universe outside yeah. of anything we can even possibly ever know. Yeah. So, so that those two points actually were the things that really drew me. I think because like one is just as a person, like I'm a bit more systematic. I do prefer yeah. things to have logic and reasoning. Hmm. 
so it's it's kind of funny because Islam melded those two points of of yeah. wanting reason, wanting to know, like you know the 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 ways of extracting law and whatever. But then at the same time, realizing that there's a hard limit to my ability to know, mm. and those two things, I think, like uh, putting me on that quest to find out, and at the same time putting a hard stop to it. It's like there are certain points where you don't know, and that's okay. Yeah, but I think yeah. that that. Uh, was a major thing for me, lah. So eventually, I I did a lot of my self studying, but of course, all of this was very like theoretical, right? None none of the very practical stuff. Yeah. And then I realized that oh, there's this thing called solat. I need to learn how to pray. <laughs> and then that was when I realized okay, I need to go for um, classes that are come. Yeah. That, that was, so that was when like I properly learned how to pray. Hmm. Um. And then I think I just went for like a short, the basics course or something, just to find out like hear about some common. I guess misconceptions that are community based. You know, it's not theoretical. It's, it's really based on like live real ground realities in Singapore. Uh, and then so that was when I found out that like your culture doesn't have to be raised. You don't have to adopt a new name. You don't have to get rid of your old name. Yeah. Because uh, apparently that was quite a concern for quite a few of the other converts in the in the class. They were asking things like, "Ah, then if I convert, my surname how can I keep?" You know, like and especially for Chinese uh, people. Your your surname is quite an important part of you know your whole family's identity and whatever. So the the ustad was like, no lah, why need to? You're converting religion, what? No, you're not changing your race. And then there were questions like, um, I mean, for guys lah, you know, the the sensitive parts of uh, conversion. And then um, so it was interesting as well because the the ustad actually said, technically you don't have to like if you know how to keep things clean, that's okay. Um, and then that was also when I realized that there's a there's a slight difference in opinion around the community, as even here in Singapore, because yeah. like I had heard different things by that point in time. You know, there were people who said that no, 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 that I must, and then there people who say actually I'm not sure. I think don't really need actually, and then those that of course had something else to say lah. Yeah. So yeah. the that difference in idea, not the ideas lah. You know, the foundations of Islam are gonna be the same everywhere, but the slight changes in Community values, uh, community norms, practices. These are things that I picked up over the years because I, I primarily mixed with like Malay Muslims at first. But then over over the years, I started mixing with like Tamil Muslims more, mm. uh, a few Chinese Muslims as well. And then I realized that oh yeah, there are some small but noticeable differences. There mm. are cultural as well as slightly moving into the religious as well. Just, just to give like a timeline of sorts, right. um, to to our listeners, right? Um, when was the period of time in your life where you you've had your mental health issues, and then how many years ago did you then take your shahada and and ah, okay, okay, timeline lah. So, uh, I had I think I developed depression quite early on actually when I was like 14, 13, 14. Mm. It, it, yeah, it was it was really bad, and it lasted me all the way until like seventeen, eighteen. So those four years uh, were really, really, really bad for not just me, but the people around me as well. Mm. Uh, and then I had my dream, I think, somewhere in when I was 17. So like that period, that end period of uh, 17, 18, that was when I started changing. Because at that point in time, I was drinking a lot, you know, like, like depression yeah. and, <laughs> and, and alcohol. So I was just uh, getting drunk every single weekend and doing a lot of um, self-destructive stuff. Yeah. And then I had the dream when I was 17, I think. And then I slowly started to read up, read up, read up, read up. That took a few years as well because it wasn't a light decision. Uh, and then 
in uni first year. So that was when I was 19, because yeah, I didn't do NS. That was when I did my chart. I, I still remember I was in the con I was in the canteen. I was in the NUS canteen. I called um, Arkham and then I asked, uh, do you all have an appointment for tomorrow? And then they were like, yeah, 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 we do. And then I just went in and then I just took my shada. I see, I see. Mashallah. So that was, that was like uh, when you were 19. And, and right now, how old are you? I'm 26 now. So that's seven years ago. Allah. No, no. So it wasn't year one, sorry. It was year three. Yes, because uh, in my Converts card, it's 2016. You know, the last time we had a Convert sharing on Convert Central, the, the brother also got brought into Islam through a dream. So mm. it's, yeah, and, and honestly, you two are the only converts that I've heard. Uh, you know, convert stories thus far that involves dreams, right? So it's so apt mm-hmm. that you know, mashallah, you guys are coming in such a short duration of each other. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. you know, a lot of people tend to think that you're converting because of like, uh, I mean, of course, everybody has different concerns. Some people yeah. um find religion because of like, let's say, their partners or whatever. They uh, they would just have to convert for very, I guess, uh, practical reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some and then eventually you know they find the religion many years after because that's yeah. a path as well yeah. uh, but and, and there are some people who convert I think because they, they were trying out different religions I met one such convert before and he was saying like yeah. he tried different things out. he even tried like Satanism he tried uh, Wicca I think some <laughs> pagan stuff and then he yeah. tried Taoism, uh, yeah. Hinduism and then finally just landed on Islam mm-hmm. I think um, that's also the reason why a convert central we do what we do um, because mm-hmm. You know, so many different common stories out there and, and definitely your stories will appeal to people that are just like you, you know, university kids who are discovering mm. uh, you know, a sense of peace and are managing their challenges. My common story will appeal to my group of uh, people that would relate to me. So we, we try to cover as many common stories as we can. And, and definitely, as, as you mentioned, right, like um, doing your story that when you first were trying to look for Islam, I, I guess back in 2016, Darul Akam didn't really have online resources back then as well. Um, and, mm-hmm. and the online, um, you know, Islamic is media in Singapore is also wasn't booming then. I think it, it yeah. really got, uh, you know, it's it's pace in 2018-2019 about that time, point of time. So, true, um, true. I think that's why we are quite glad also that uh, we are able to operate in this kind of sphere. Um, we, we mm. really want to make sure that converts coming into Islam, they have a proper depiction of what Islam is, of who converts yes, yes. are. Right? And I think sometimes we have a lot of misconceptions, um, be it uh, with, with good intents or, or, or with bad intentions. And we come into Islam and the beauty of Islam is that it helps us to really uh, you know, solve these misconceptions. But sometimes conceptions about uh, misconceptions about so- the, our community and society can only be resolved by, by, by people of the same backgrounds, right? Uh, people within the community itself. So mm-hmm. um, we you know, I think some misconceptions that we try to, um, you know, solve is that, clarify is that um, coming to Islam is something that is normal. Like, it's, 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 we are just simply exploring religion. It's, it's not something that that uh, only weird people become Muslims, you know, or people that mm. fall in the net of circular society, they become Muslim. So, we've yeah. been talking about, you know, since, since one and a half years ago. And I just also wanted to uh, add on that, truly, I really agree with you, you know, the, the fact that, uh, Allah, God is so abstract in, in Islam and, and, and yet there's still a very um, methodological, systematic way for us to understand him. But we still mm. understand that there's a point where we, we, we can't understand him beyond because of our limited human capacity. It's, it's so amazing. And yeah. something that always has kept me on my heels and, and really captivated me was, was our scholars' depiction of how um, enormous or how big Allah's uh, power is, right? And they will say like, mm. many times we just imagine like eternity, right? 
and, and we don't imagine how big it is, right? So he, they, they give an illustration, an illustration for us to think. And they said that, imagine the entire earth was filled with grains and, and a bird mm. will come and take the grain, one grain, every one billion years. And, and the entire earth grains will finish, but Allah will still outlive that and will still mm. go on forever. That, and, and that is like, that's how we can put it into context, right? And you just start to yes. imagine how, how big God is. And, and, all. and yet in Islam, God still says that, Allah still says that He is closer to us than our juggler bit. So mm. uh, in terms of power and, and, and attributes, we are so far, but yet He is still so near, right? To us. Yes, yes, and yes. He what we do and, 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 and hears what we say. And, and this is why, mashallah, is such an unbelievable uh, connection with you to, to, to God when we learn about Him. So that, that's, that's, that's that, you know, that, that also kind of, I feel, I feel like I, I saw a lot of points of myself in your story, uh, trying to find mm-hmm. sense in religion and everything. That, that was amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Let's, let's jump forward a little bit or maybe, you know, jump to the point of time where you decided, you, make, you, you said in year three, in, in your canteen, you called Tara Akam, you wanted to come back mm. to Islam. So, you know, and you studied for three to four years um, before yes, that. Yes, yes. So, the point what, is. What, what was the thing that, that told you you were ready to be, become a Muslim? Because I, I, we, we were talking before the podcast and we were like, I was saying that for me, I was really like, I was thinking of an auspicious date, man. Was it Chinese New Year? <laughs> <laughs> was it mid autumn? Was like, I couldn't find it, right? So, so for right, you, right, what, right. What, what was going through, you know, your thought process? I I have to admit, I can't really remember. Um, I think, I think it was like a very spur of the moment thing, because yeah. like so deep inside me, I already like for a long time, ever since um, ever since the dream actually, like I can say that you know the, the heart was already open yeah. to the whole possibility. I just, it was, I was just waiting to articulate, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh, over the years, as I studied more, like it, I became more and more resilient because there was actually a period in time right before, like that, that period before the conversion, when I stopped eating pork first, I, I tried fasting during Ramadan, um, yeah. I stopped drinking alcohol. And of course, these are major like behavioral changes, right? So people yeah. around me could kind of tell and guess. And then um, they asked, like, so what's up? You know why suddenly you're not eating the pork that I'm cooking? Like my mom would ask. Yeah. And then, so I, I shared, you know, I have this uh, intention of converting into Islam. And uh, peop- so I actually have a, an, a relative who yeah. is a Christian, quite a strong Christian family. And so they, they actually tried to convert me into Christianity instead because they were saying things like, well, if, if you're converting to religion and they're happy for that and you found God, but why not convert into a religion that you have family with, you know? In that sense. You have more things in common. You can come yeah. to a family church. In that sense, you have like a community to start off with. Yeah. Um, so, so they, and this relative of mine himself is a convert into Christianity. So he was also telling me that he also understands that general process of conversion, some of your questions you may have, like some of the teething issues you might have when you first start off. Uh, but, you know, Despite those efforts, and I actually did, you know, I attended um, some like, uh, uh, I guess you can say classes or lectures or whatever on like Christianity and differences between Christianity and Islam. But all throughout, I just never felt it do anything to me. Like mm-hmm. I felt like my heart was really set in Islam. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you just know that feeling of like, yeah, you're quite sure. So I was like, okay, like, I go and I try. I try. But it, it just didn't feel like uh, that was my calling in a sense. So when I was in year three in the canteen, I can't remember what sparked it per se, but I think it was just kind of like, yeah, it's like I've known this for enough. 
I, I mean, at that point in time, I was already living my Christian models. Just yeah. minus the, the solat, because I didn't know what solat was at the time. Okay. I was I was already stopped eating uh, pork. I already uh, stopped drinking for many years. Uh, my life view, you know, worldview changed quite a lot already by that point in time. So I was just, okay, lah, why not? So I called, I went in, and then um, the date, so the date, yeah, it was something that I chose. Of course, I wanted something easy <laughs> to remember. Uh, so I, I picked it one day before my own birthday. Yeah. So because to me it was supposed to sim- symbolize like something like a new like a rebirth, you know, like a a new life in that sense. Right. So I picked it one day before my actual birthday, so that also it's easier to remember. Like, never gonna mm. forget that. <laughs> alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And um, did you feel like that moment of time when you took a shahada? Because you mentioned that mm. um. You know, you've been doing all these things already and essentially you don't feel like you are you're 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 not living a you really feel like you are living an Islamic lifestyle. Do you mm. feel like at the point of time when you took a shahada it was it was overdue or do you feel do you feel like that was just the right time? I think it was the right time. Like okay, so one thing of like uh ever since like this change in worldviews, I have come I I guess you can say I've really come to fully accept the idea that everything is written, you know, everything is uh fated. Like I have stopped believing in coincidences or whatever yeah. because I just feel like everything happened, happens for a reason and happened for a reason. So like second guessing and regret sometimes it's just, to me, of course this is personal. Uh, I just don't really buy into that anymore because I believe that everything happened for a reason. Even the fact that I went through depression, that I was like hugely atheist, uh, some of the terrible things that have happened as well. Like um, I, I look back and I always think all of these things had a reason. All of those things had a hidden wisdom behind it, which led me to today. And the same will apply for things that will happen to go. So uh, I think it was just right. And in fact, I remember that process itself because I was at Feral Arkham and then my, the Usta in charge of conversion was himself Chinese. Yeah. In fact, he was Chinese from China. And oh. uh, quite old man as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at least his ancestors, like he still had ties there lah. Because yeah. he was telling me about this one part of China where there's actually a lot of Muslims. Um, and then he he kept emphasizing this phrase. I'm sure that as a convert you would know as well, like this no compulsion in religion. Yeah. It was everywhere in the convert's room, like you can see it's on the wall. Yeah. Uh, in the I think even in the documents that you had to sign, right? Like you, you had to really testify that you were not forced into this. And that to me was another beautiful thing. It's like, you know. Mm-hmm don't these things cannot be forced like if it happens it happens if if it if because if it's not not going to happen now it just means that it's not the time for it now. when yeah. it happens that's the time for it you know yeah. the, the previous episode we had we had brother ali so his story was i think you've also heard a short short version of it before doing yeah. he took each other in two days so he mm. met some brothers at the mosque and next day he came and it was iftar and then he heard the al-fatiha and and he took each other then for you, I think you were on slightly uh, higher side of the spectrum. You took your shahada in three to four years. And mm. for myself, I, I'm proud to say I'm in the middle of the spectrum. I took my shahada in about one and a half to two years. So mm. I, I feel like a big learning point today is that everyone's timeline is different. I, I yes, felt yes, like it was yes. the right time for me when I took my shahada. But Ali felt it was the right time for him when he took his shahada. And for you, at three to four years on, you still felt like it was the right thing for you to do. Uh, yep. at a point of time when you took a shahada and of course in Islam we don't believe that there are co- coincidences we believe that 
you know, this feeling of faith is inspired by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We call him the mover of hearts, you know, and, and you know, a big learning point is that sometimes, you know, if, if you feel like we are taking a very long time, you know, it's okay, you know, if, if you don't feel like it's the right time. Yeah. If you have concerns, then you can you can always beseech Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, with the intention to want to come become Muslim, but you don't know whether you're ready to take, in, take on the change or not. And if yes. you're on but brother Ali said the spectrum, and if you feel like it, you know, it's, it's just only been a while since you've learned Islam and, and you're unsure. You know, just know that you know for everybody there, there's timeline that there's someone like brother Ali who took Ishara in two years and, and 13 years 13 years on, he's still being a very, very good Muslim. Right. So yeah, thank you yeah. for sharing your, your story today, you know, helping up some of our listeners to find figure out whether they are ready or not. And I feel mm. like you know, I really see a lot of uh my, my journey within us as well. So I because possibly because we are of the same kind of the same generation, kind of the same. Yeah, generation. yeah, yeah. True, 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 yes. So 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 that was good. That was good. So uh just now you mentioned a little bit on Breaking the news to your family, right? And, and some of your family ah, yes. year before conversion. So in the next episode, um, we will explore that that kind of dynamics and some of the lessons learned uh in, in that kind mm. of journey. So uh for anyone who's interested to listen to how Brother Darren Mark has you know broke the news to his to his family and his friends, um, do head down to the next episode. But for now, inshallah, we will end this episode by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Asr. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Ashadu ala ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa atubi ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wala asr innal insana lafi khus illa ladhina amanu wa amilu salihati wa tawasaw bilhafi wa tawasaw bisabu. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.